0: Some years ago, many years ago really, I I would occasionally attend church on a Sunday and simply go through the motions, said hi to a few people, sang some songs, gave in the offering, listened to the message, and and left not much different than the way I had come in. But there were times when I, I showed up ready to engage with what God was doing in a service, leaving much different than how I'd arrived. So I ask you, have there been times in your life when you simply attended church, out of routine, a matter of habit? Maybe you came in that way today. But have there also been times when you've invested yourself in the church service and God met you there? In this Life Together series, I want to encourage us all to engage in our worship gatherings. God desires to meet you here. But for that to happen, you must actively participate in the service. You have to want to be a true worshiper to worship in spirit and in truth. We started this series by talking about a boundless, joyful opportunity to passionately worship God in spirit and in truth. To worship God with your emotions, your intellect, and your will to worship in speech, action, and thought. We then discuss the need to move from a crowd to a transformational community. The church must be a place where you are genuinely known, lovingly supported, and honestly challenged. Today I'd like to unpack what that looks like during a Sunday morning worship gathering. How to create a space where people can be genuinely known, lovingly supported, and honestly challenged, and how we can willfully worship in spirit with our emotions and intellect so that we are motivated to worship in truth in what we say, what we do, and even in what we think as we leave from here, to be transformed, made in his image, to live missionally for Jesus outside these walls. True worshipers are committed to engaging in transformational worship gatherings in order to live daily on mission for Jesus. This church is more than a building. It is more than a crowd. We are called to be a transformational community, a place where people come and their lives are changed, sent out on mission for Jesus in the world. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2 this morning, verses 42 through 47. We're going to look at how the early church took time to gather. What did they do during their worship gatherings? So reading from Acts 2, 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity." all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What great verses. These are the very words of God. First thing I'd like to share is true worshipers participate in transformational worship gatherings. To be a true worshiper, you've got to engage in a worship gathering. One of the ways we want to foster community life is by reorganizing our Sunday morning worship gatherings. You experienced some of that this morning. Here's how we plan on organizing our worship gatherings as we move forward, and I want to talk about each element. We'll open with a song right at 1030. We're going to have a five-minute countdown video streaming to help you arrive on time. You may have noticed that today. You'll no longer want to show up late to service. If you do, you'll miss a lot. Show up on time so you can engage with the whole service. We'll run the five-minute countdown, open with a song, and move right into a welcome and psalm reading. The psalms were a vital part of the early church. They were the daily lifeblood of early Christians. The psalms were the hymn book, the prayer book of Jesus and his followers. They would have known them by heart. When we read and pray the Psalms, we're joining a 2,000-year-old tradition of declaring these scriptures over our church. We're praying along with the saints of old who use the Psalms as their prayer book and song book. And so after the Psalm reading, we'll have our announcements, a brief testimony of what God is doing in our midst with, with adults, with children, with our overseas ministries. Today, during that time, I had Chuck Clark come and talk about being water baptized. We want to be weekly reminded of why we do what we do, to see lives changed by and for Jesus. I'll then ask for you to turn to a neighbor and ask them how they've applied the message from the previous week. Today, I had you ask people if they took time to abide in Jesus this week. We did this a couple of months ago, and we filled out... Five names of people to share Jesus with. You came back the next week and you asked others how that went. If we want to get serious about our faith, we have to start keeping one another accountable to what we hear each week. We must be doers of the word, not just hearers of it. This is the time where you can be honestly challenged. Are you applying God's word to your life? We then transition from accountability to member care. What does member care, you ask? It's simply asking your neighbor, how are you? Really, how did things go this week? This is, for us, a weekly review time. I, I shared a couple of weeks ago that the church must be a place where you can be genuinely known, lovingly supported, and honestly challenged. You're honestly challenged with the accountability time as we get into weekly review, There's a space for you to become genuinely known and lovingly supported as we do member care, asking that question, how are you doing? And if the person sitting next to you needs prayer, pray with them. And we're going to transition right out of member care, right out of weekly review, by moving into prayer and singing songs. So if It's hard for you to say, well, I could pray with you. The nice thing is, is you simply could encourage that person to move forward in prayer, to say, hey, what a a need you have today. We've got people that will pray with you. So you simply encourage them to seek out prayer. Reading from 1 Timothy 2.8, it says, I desire then that in every place the people should pray, lifting holy hands. This means if the person you're talking with, they need an extended time of prayer, We have a prayer team to meet that need. It's not all on you. So let's show up on Sunday, and if we don't have things right with God, let's take time before we start singing songs to get things right. From our week of prayer in January, we talked about realigning with God in order to find results in prayer and worship. From the beginning of our worship gathering, let's realign with God so that we can hear from Him during our song time and during the message, and leave from this place each week ready to engage our community. Becoming true worshipers in spirit, engaging our will, our emotions, and intellect to leave from here worshiping in truth with what we say, what we do, and even in what we think. Now let's talk about singing songs. Reading from Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Singing songs is a part of our worship experience. Everyone sings, some in the shower, others in the car. So why not sing in church? When Paul admonishes the church to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, he's encouraging the church to sing and engage in three different types of songs. The first is psalms, which are songs of praise to God. The second are hymns, which are songs of doctrine about God. And the third one is spiritual songs, which are songs of testimony or exhortation for the congregation. Now, here's something to note. Paul in this is talking about content, not style. God has blessed our church with gifted song leaders and talented musicians. I met with them a week ago to talk about having these three types of songs in our services. Songs of praise to God, songs of doctrine about God, and songs of of spiritual testimony for people in the room. From the songs we sang today, open the eyes of my heart. It's a spiritual song, a song of exhortation. Worthy of it all is a psalm. It's a song of praise. And and we're going to close today with Man of Sorrows, a hymn, a song of doctrine. You know, related to true worship, songs often engage our emotions. They can engage our intellect and will as well. But the main thrust in singing songs together is to prepare our hearts and minds to hear from the word and be able to respond to it. One of the areas where people vary in preference is in the area of singing songs. And this actually goes beyond singing hymns or more contemporary worship songs. I have a spiritual mentor, Dr. Mike Rakes, who pastors a church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I was visiting with his church, and he shared with me, we were talking about songs in church. and, And he shared that after pastoring for 20 years and leading three different churches in various areas in the U.S., one of which represented 20 different cultures. He was in Orlando during that time. He became weary of bouncing from style to style during a song service. What he found was he encouraged the worship team to play different songs in order to engage different members of their congregation. That worship became much more about presentation and less about an experience with God. And a much deeper problem emerged in asking Who was the worship for the melodies and the lyrics? The obvious answer is God. So the question is then, well, what style does God like? And here it is it is the worship that goes straight to the heart of God. Our worship team will likely have a style to the kind of songs they sing and and the way they lead, but that's not the point. I want our song leaders to lead in whatever capacity they feel led, with the qualification that it rides on the wings of authenticity and passion from their soul while incorporating songs from psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That is the job of our worship team. They do not simply lead songs. They lead our church into deeper moments of love of our Savior, because it's in that place where something powerful happens. They are to offer authentic worship that engages people's hearts and minds for God. After we've sung a few songs, inviting the Spirit to lead our times together, we will provide an opportunity for people to give generously. Scripture tells us we've been blessed to be a blessing. Reading from Psalm 67, here's what it says. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among the nations. God blesses his people for the sake of the nations. God blesses you for the sake of the nations. As God's children, we are to be generous with the resources that God has given us. Finances can be a touchy area for people, but it need not be. Either God truly owns it all in your life, or He doesn't. This is an opportunity to exercise worship through your will. I found that people can serve God in a lot of ways, but they can still hold back in worshiping through giving. Let that not be said of us. Sharing, giving, it's, it's not a natural trait. It doesn't take long for toddlers to wage war with one another over a toy. It is human to be selfish. It is supernatural to be obedient to the Spirit, to take care of the poor, to have a generous heart. The Bible admonishes us to dedicate the first 10% of our resources to the work of the church. But did you know that Connection Point tithes as well? If you were here for our annual business meeting last Sunday, you saw the report that Connection Point gave $133,000 to missions last year, locally and globally. That's incredible. The church is committed to giving generously, and that's how it should be. So I want to encourage you to give generously, to worship through giving. You've been blessed to be a blessing. In our worship gatherings, we worship by coming together in community through announcements, accountability, and member care, our our weekly review time, by taking time to pray, by singing songs, and through giving. And the last element is studying the Word together. Paul giving instructions to Timothy, he shares, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. The disciples, they came from a Jewish background. Jesus taught in the synagogue. We see this in the Gospels. And with that background came some habits as it relates to the handling and reading of Scripture. Luke 4 provides the account of Jesus in the synagogue at Nazareth. Nazareth. It reads, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. I don't have time to fully unpack what a synagogue service looked like, but I do want to talk about a few points as it relates to our handling of God's word. So here's a picture of a synagogue at Gamla, a first century Jewish village sacked by the Romans in AD 66. So what's nice is it's preserved for us to see what a first first century synagogue looked like. So it's one of the few in Israel. Jesus likely spoke here because Matthew writes, he says, And he went, Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom in healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Now there is a main part of the synagogue where people sat and a side room where the scriptures were kept. You can see that in the picture. You can see the side room and you can see where they would have sat for the scripture. And in the synagogue was a person called the Hazan. In the Bible, they're referred to as the synagogue ruler. He was hired by the town to take care of the synagogue, like a custodian. In the Bible, Jairus was a Hazan. Jesus healed his daughter in Capernaum. The synagogue rulers were the ones who created the schedule for the reading of scriptures. They looked after the building. They helped MC the service. So when it came time in the service to read the scripture the hazan would go to the torah closet a side room where the scrolls were kept which would bring an odd hush over the crowd he then takes the torah scrolls he takes them from that closet he raises them up over his head causing an electric shock of awareness which would bring an uh, for because the very words of god were now among them and then people instantly began to clap and to sing as the Hazan would dance his way to the middle of the synagogue where the scripture would be read. The word of God was among them, and the word of God is among us. Can you imagine that? So from the side room, he'd take that scripture, and as he'd hold it up, people would begin to clap and sing as he would dance his way to the middle of the synagogue where they would look at that word of God and look at it with reverence. You know, I think we've lost a bit of the awe and wonder of the Word of God. God's communication in written form, the words of Jesus as God speaking in audible form, we've become casual in our handling it because it's so readily available in our homes. The reading and teaching of Scripture is a priority in our times together. I've asked our drama department if they'd be willing to be Scripture readers each week to highlight the value of God's Word I'm even going to ask that we stand for the reading of God's Word out of reverence for the very words of God being read in our midst. May we gain a holy awe and reverence for the Word of God. My desire, my prayer for you as we work our way through Scripture is that you don't simply learn some new facts. I know that facts are safe, less invasive. But my real hope for you is to have deep and personal moments with King Jesus May you become enamored with the beauty of God. True worshipers, they live daily on mission for Jesus. The early believers came together to worship, and then they went out to change the world. The story right after Acts 2.42 account of the believers coming together is the story of Peter healing a crippled beggar. The blind man was sitting by a gate near the temple, and he asked Peter and John for some money. Reading from Acts 3, Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, the reason Peter said, look at us, is because the blind man was looking at their hands, hoping for a handout. But Peter knew, more than he needed money, this man needed a relationship with Jesus. And what happened? Here's what we find in Acts 3. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the gate beautiful of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The crowd then comes together. Peter preaches the gospel and Acts 4 records, but many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. There are thousands of people outside these walls who need you to come here on a Sunday, engage in our transformational worship gathering through accountability, through weekly review, through prayer, singing songs, giving and hearing from the Bible, and then leave ready to share the story of Jesus with them. We come together in this place every week to be made more in the image of Christ, to dwell in his presence so that we can leave from here full of his presence, taking his presence into the world on mission for him, serving as his hands and feet to the world. May this room be filled with true worshipers. Worship God in spirit and truth. Worship Him with your emotions, your intellect, and your will as we come together in community in times of prayer, singing songs, giving generously, and hearing from the Word of God. And then go back out passionately doing everything as an act of worship and truth with what you say, with what you do, and what you think. Have you been attending church but not engaging your emotions, your intellect, and your will? Are you hungry for more of God? Do you desire to be a part of a genuine, authentic, faith-filled community? Start by making a commitment to show up next Sunday ready to engage in worship by singing, by praying, by giving, and hearing from the Word.